the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, good news, good news. They got the guy who stabbed that poor man, the 32-year-old dude who was just coming from a wedding with his girlfriend. Did you see that video? It's absolutely horrific. Now, allegedly, this is the alleged killer, but he's in custody. And uh, that was tough to watch. Really, really bad. That's what New York has become, though. And uh, a lot of these maniacs feel emboldened with a great big boost by the fake news. Oh, yeah, the whole society is uh, warped and twisted and and coming to get you. Um, so rise up and do whatever you have to. I think a maniac uh, who's predisposed to violence and may have a few mental issues will take that as, yeah, I can do whatever the hell I want. There are no more laws. I can steal. I can assault. No bail. No worries. The 18-year-old man, this is from the Post, suspected in the grisly, random stabbing death of a beloved Brooklyn social justice activist, was taken into custody Thursday morning as cops recovered a knife and the sweatshirt the perp is believed to have worn during the early morning slaying, according to law enforcement sources. The person of interest, identified as Brian Dowling, was nabbed when NYPD officers executed a search warrant at a home on Lafayette Avenue near Malcolm X Boulevard. You ever hear Chris Rock do that routine about Malcolm X Boulevard and Martin Luther King Boulevard? It's pretty funny. Um, It's just down the block, this uh, address of this guy from where Ryan Carson was knifed to death early Monday as his girlfriend watched. Um, cops were searching for clothing allegedly worn by the suspect during the, it was a big champion sweatshirt. Yeah, a champion sweatshirt. You can see her clear as day. Cops found a knife in the apartment. They'll be working to determine, well, it looks like they may have gotten their man. Assailant has been caught, Carson's father, Ken Carson, wrote on Facebook at 1130 Thursday morning today. More details will follow. I'm on the road, escorting. Gosh, that was really tough. And he took a picture like an hour before. Everything was great. Everything was great. Walking down the sidewalk. And, um, wow. Well, cops did the right thing. They moved fast. And uh, I knew they'd get him. They have a really clear picture of this guy. He lived right down the block. Again, right down the block. Hey, Donald Trump has left. He's in Mar-a-Lago. You know, don't we miss him? I loved it when he was showing up in court every day. He was great. Like the old times having him in New York. But, look, um, that's serious work to do. And fight this ludicrous. I think this is, of all the cases, this obviously was the most offensive. The other stuff is swamp crap, right? Total swamp. Uh, not something he grew up in, the swamp, right? You know, classified documents. That's all phony, too. But it's it's not his passion. His passion, as we all know, real estate, right? Real estate and America. And when Letitia James... And her corrupt cadre of never Trumpers come for, um, justice. It ain't justice. Uh, they have that document is totally laughable. The judge literally is Bozo the Clown. He even admitted to being Bozo the Clown. He did actually in front of a bunch of students. I'm like Bozo the Clown. Certainly dressed like Bozo the Clown, hamming it up for the cameras like Bozo the Clown with that big stupid smile on your face, Judge Ergoron. And, yeah, with Chuck Schumer's girlfriend right by your side, the clerk who used to work for Schumer works for you. You actually said in open court in an official proceeding 
that you think Trump is a bad guy? This is ludicrous. $18 million from Mar-a-Lago, right? Everybody knows you are totally out of whack to go with that. Well, I didn't. I It's not my. It's the appraiser. Shut up. The nerve of you and your contempt for him is just dripping through. And actually, the contempt that, uh, what's her name, Letitia James has. I saw her yesterday. She stood up. Uh, the Donald Trump show. What did she say? She thinks she's like this poet laureate. It's sickening. Well, here's uh, more smoking gun evidence that she is a total and complete liar, a degenerate who will do anything and say anything for power. And um, here, the first couple of seconds will be her on CNN, right, saying that there's nothing political about her. She's not going after Donald Trump as part of a campaign promise or anything like that. And then the next, it's about a minute of her raging around all over New York with a bullhorn in various places saying, I'm going to get Trump. Before she had any evidence, before she launched any investigation, she was going to get Trump. So that means, you know, she created evidence. She, or she twisted it or she, the whole damn thing is manufactured. I think this is a beautiful little sequence. Are we ready? Okay. Go. The President of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to get ready to mobilize, and we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won, but more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man. And ultimately, we'll bring him down. This illegitimate president, I'm going to give you the same level of respect that you gave to President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Donald Trump has got to go. Hey, hey. That is not true. <laughs> uh, does that sound like a professional law enforcement officer? No, it sounds like a lying pig. All right, a lying pig who hates Trump. And you know what? I know, right? Trump said lock lock her up, lock her up, lock her up for Hillary Clinton. And you know what he did? He didn't. He did not do anything about that. He said out loud, she's a good person. I don't want to hurt her. There are things you say in a political campaign, and that's okay. He was running against Hillary Clinton. Uh, Donald Trump was not the incumbent attorney general, all right? He was not uh, her political opponent in any true sense of the word. So his comments are appropriate. Hers are outrageous, unprofessional, disbarment material. It's amazing. You know, uh, Trump and and, and Giuliani... (laughs) He gives a speech on January 6th. He gets, they want to disbar him. They want to take his license. They've already taken his license in DC and New York. What you just heard right there, that's disbarment city. And she's still walking around. Why? Number one, Democrat. That's the biggest reason. That's the biggest reason. A left leaning Democrat. Okay. Now we can also talk about how she got the job in the first place. And that has to do with being uh, a woman and being black. All right. And uh, see Andrew Cuomo for notes on that situation.
He's got a he's, – that's why we have her. Andrew Cuomo, oh, boy. All right. Curtis told you about the um, the tuberculosis situation. I'll get to that in a moment, but I want to just address this. There is a 10,000-word story in the New York Times about Rudy Giuliani and drinking, right, trying to say that he has a serious problem. Everybody's talking about it. And it's a, now, number one, I see Rudy Giuliani – about every single day, just about every single day. And I've never seen him under the influence. I've never seen him drinking. I've never seen him hungover. He is always ready for work. Uh, I have never seen that. Number two, um, let me ask you this. Do you ever drink, right? A lot of people, I don't drink, but a lot of people drink. What's an occasion you might drink? How about when you don't have to work the next day and it's a big moment, like election night, right? Election night, if you are working in a campaign, you know what they start doing? Because there's no more work to do. It's up to the voters, right? Well, on election night, Rudy Giuliani had a drink. Is there anything wrong with that? Maybe he had a couple. Now, everybody in the world has been making such a big deal that Rudy Giuliani had some drinks as verified by the campaign manager, Jason Miller, who's a great guy. I like Jason Miller a lot. And he was asked a direct question about Rudy Giuliani's uh, condition on election night. And he says there's no doubt he was intoxicated. But what this story does not tell you <laughs> is when he was intoxicated. They just say his Jason Miller says that Rudy Giuliani was intoxicated. That's it. I know what Jason Miller was talking about. I've seen his deposition. His deposition was all about election night and what was happening, what was the sequence of events. It's okay to drink on election night if you're a drinker. You know what I mean? It's that little thing that bothers the hell out of me. It just really bothers. It just, ugh. And these folks are absolutely terrible, terrible. You know, we have seen Hillary Clinton fall down. Where is the 10,000-word she had a seizure and she collapsed in the middle of the campaign. Let's go back and try to find the 10,000 word expose on that. She and John McCain were getting drunk in Ukraine of all places. Where's the 10,000 word expose on that? Anytime Hunter Biden comes up, ooh, he is a problem and every family can relate and we must all, we must all support and Joe Biden, he loves his son and no one's ever written a story like this on Hunter. <laughs> trying to trying to go into he has drinks with dinner. Oh my goodness gracious. There was one interview, one of the reasons why, quite frankly, probably needed a drink, because the fake news they sat on their fat, lazy asses as he had to fly around the world proving Hunter Biden and Joe Biden corruption, going to Ukraine, actually verifying it. The fake news can't do that anymore. The fake news used to have a Moscow correspondent, a London correspondent. They don't have that anymore. They got a bunch of punks, usually in Brooklyn, some in uh, Adams Morgan, the hipster neighborhood of Washington, D.C., looking at their phones and looking at their laptops, drinking coffee and smoking weed all day long. That's our political press corps. They literally know nothing. And it's become, as his, as his right-hand man, Ted Goodman, has said, like, it's, 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 it's something that they like to talk about in society. It is a fake news narrative. Okay. It is a fake 
trajectory that they're trying to draw. You know, we all know that he's a hero on 9-11, before 9-11, and beyond. Where did this trouble start? They try to say it starts in 2008 when he ran for president, and I think he came in third place. You know what? That's pretty damn good. (laughs) It's pretty good to be the leading candidate for a year. All right, so he didn't get it. They say it was a humiliating loss. Uh, No, it wasn't, actually. It, it, it it's a long shot when you run for president, right? People know that it was he wasn't a lock. Quite frankly, with New York and liberal and all that stuff, because he's a he was more socially liberal than a lot of the Republicans. I'm surprised he was able to do as well as he did in the polls for as long as he did. I didn't think he could win that race because of uh, his positions uh, that he took that he could not become the Republican nominee. They say it's a humiliating loss. Uh, which just tells you where these people are coming from. It wasn't humiliating. He actually did a great job. But really, all of his problems start. Why, why, where do his problems come from? Because he dared work for the president of the United States, a president they don't like, Donald Trump. And if you associate with Donald Trump, uh, they will come, they will come for you. And in fact, we just found out today that the FBI has a new desk, a new kind of internal unit. That's charged with pursuing MAGA, make America great again people, regular people. Yep, they're going back to the whole, we are domestic terrorists. Um, and where did, where would they have gotten this wild idea? Well, January 6th. Give me a break with the January 6th. Okay. A couple of broken windows, uh, some pushing and shoving. All right. With the major exception of Ashley Babbitt. The nerve of some of these guys to talk about the suicide of these cops as related to January 6th. They don't know what the freaking hell they're talking about. January 6th. And how many FBI agents were there egging it all on and making it happen? And yeah, what the hell is the deal with Ray Epps? So forget January 6th. That's fake. Um, so where is this coming from? It's coming from Joe Biden and his people. And Joe Biden made a major speech last week where he said, the existential threat to America is MAGA Republicans. How the hell can he say that? They're trying to illegalize the opposition. They're trying to illegalize a political movement. You can't do that. Well, they're doing it. And, uh, it's getting a little bit scary. They're not gonna, they're not gonna chase me away. Um, no. Are they gonna chase you, right? You gotta be strong right now. All right. This is going to get, this is going to get rough. This is going to get really, really rough, intense. Now I'm not talking about physical anything. I'm not talking about we all got to obey the law. Of course we do. We love the law. We love the constitution. Um, but they're trying to say we're something we're not and it's getting really, really bad. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, I'm sorry. This thing, it's just, it's classic fake news. Classic fake news. On and on and on and on and on. You know, their big, uh, one of their big sources is his ex-wife. Everybody has an ex-wife. No, well, everybody who's divorced has an ex-wife or whatever. That doesn't make sense. I'm just saying, if you have an ex-wife, there's a damn good chance that she doesn't like her ex-husband, right? <laughs> like just, it, it, it's possible. It's possible. And, uh, from what I know of her, well, um, I think she's um, not a great lady. Oh, the other person they go to for uh, multiple quotes, 
is a uh, known troublemaker, egomaniac, Bill Bratton. Bill Bratton who used to go to Elaine's every night. That's a really, it's a really sophisticated thing to do, huh? Bill Bratton. You know, we can thank him in part for the uh, the pot that's everywhere, the smoking of the uh, marijuana. He held up that big bag of marijuana advertising how much marijuana drug dealers could carry in New York and not be arrested for it. This is how much. And it was a huge bag. It was like a year's supply of pot. And he's got a big, stupid smile of his standing next to uh, de Blasio, also smiling. Hello, everybody. Just so you know, you are allowed to carry this much marijuana in New York. I actually got to find that videotape because he's got that sickening Boston accent. The guy actually, it's interesting, only spent, if you look at it now, I'm, I, I think he spent less than a decade in New York if you added up all the years. Not much time. Uh, he was two years as police commissioner the first time. I think two and a half the second time. That's up, That adds up to less than five years, right? But he's just such a motor mouth, and the press loves him. Why do they love him? Because he's always bad-mouthing the NYPD. He always bad-mouths the LAPD. He always – he basically – what he does is he comes in and says, everything sucks, right, and I'm going to fix it. And then – Reporters don't realize that they're actually just fulfilling his agenda. It sounds so refreshing. Wow, a police officer, a police executive saying that the police department is bad. Yeah, so he can say he fixes everything. It's like the, like they did de Blasio. First they pretended the NYPD was broken. Then they pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then they managed to actually break it. Hmm? All right. Hey, Adams is in... <laughs> Ewick Adams is in Mexico. And uh, you think he could find it on a map? I'm not so sure. He said something so colossally stupid. When I come back, I'll have it. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello. Everybody's really loving what I said yesterday about the uh, ex-speaker of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, career politician. Uh, time to go. Uh, we need a we need a revolutionary. We need a vision. We need. I just went through it. He is so much business as usual. Business as usual. He's not the guy for the moment. And uh, I know it looks a little bit chaotic right now, but a lot of things are chaotic. It's amazing. All day long, the media is saying this is chaos, chaos in the House of Representatives. Well. We have chaos on the streets every day that they don't call chaos. They ignore it. We have chaos at the border, right? They don't call it out. We have shoplifting going on all over the place. The country's in chaos, but none of it's chaos. None of it's chaotic except for basically, in my book, a, a staff change. I mean, I really – I care. I do. I do. I do a lot. And I think Gates, at first I'm like, I, 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 it took me a while, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad where we are. I am actually. It really, it feels, it feels right. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? This is where we're supposed to be. 
Hey, uh, do me a favor. One more time. No, actually, we'll do this for the first time. Letitia James, what is up with the way she speaks? Again, she's like this Maya Angelou. Listen to me. It's all. I've seen her in person. I've talked to her. She doesn't talk like this, but boy, oh boy, when she's in front of those microphones, um, she overdoes it totally. Okay, we'll we'll listen to this and then we'll figure out how she really sounds. Cut one. Trump's comments were offensive. They were baseless. They were void of any facts and/or any evidence. What they were were comments that unfortunately fomented violence. And comments that I would describe as race baiting, and comments, unfortunately, that appeals to the bottom of our humanity. This case was brought simply because it was a case where individuals have engaged in a pattern and practice of fraud. And I will not sit idly by and allow anyone to subvert the Stop! law. Stop. And lastly, she sat on her ass for three days in a row. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I mean. All right. Everything you said is outrageous, especially the racist part and fomenting violence. How? How How in the hell was it? You see, every time he opens his mouth, he's he's speaking. He's speaking in dog whistles. This dog whistle for right. Dog whistle. Only dogs can hear. Oh, did you hear about the Biden dogs, by the way? All right. Just keep going with this, please. I will not be bullied. <laughs> and so Mr. Trump is no longer here. The Donald Trump show is over. This was nothing more than a political stunt. Well. Yes, the trial is a political stunt. Uh, not be bullied how? Not be bullied. What, what do you mean by that? You're a, you're a politician. We're allowed to criticize you on Twitter. Okay. This is still America. And you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to turn us all off by saying what we're doing is racist and violent and all this stuff. It's not, but that's what they're, and you know what? The FBI seems to be cooperating. We're very close to losing uh, free speech in America. Very, very close. So you hear what she sounds like when she's in front of a microphone or when she's sitting on an interview set. I'm going to play this one more time. I love it. This was put together by, I'm not exactly sure who, but it's brilliant. It shows her at her phoniest when she's lying and trying to be elegant. And then it shows the real her, the real um, savage, quite frankly, political operative that she is. Go. So stupid. No, constantly. Constantly. <laughs> and that. The one that we started the show with. Yeah. What was that? That sounded like. <laughs> was that Sage Steele? The porn star? Um, all right. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't know. It was the first one I gave you. It's okay. Diego is, um, trying. And so am I. Doesn't it feel like Friday, by the way? It totally feels like Friday. Somehow it's it's only Thursday, but that's good. I'm enjoying today. Hey, you know who I met? Mariano Rivera. I met him by the elevator. He was here um, just doing some great work with WABC, and I'm like, wow. I was really impressed to meet, meet him, even though you guys know I'm not a baseball fan, but what I told him about, which I really, really loved, was that time he played catch with President Trump on the White House lawn Um for the Republican National Convention. It was such a beautiful moment. Great athlete, great president, and they're tossing a ball back and forth, and they're having a conversation. And it's a conversation about life. Actually, I can't remember what they were talking about, but I remember it was a very nice conversation, and the visual, it's just great. Uh, and it was unique, and it was creative. Um, who else was here today? Joseph Aboud, 
the fashion designer. Amazing guy. I really like talking to him. It's an honor to get to talk to him. He's dressed perfectly, got really stylish guy, and he does a lot around here at WABC. Now, somebody else was here who I did not talk to, Alec Baldwin. I'm Alec Baldwin. What was he doing here, by the way? Does anybody know? He was uh, doing an interview for Joan Hamburg's show. And Joan Hamburg, um, so I, am I, I probably shouldn't make fun of him today. Is that what, can I, right? Can I make fun of him a little bit? Yeah. I mean, so he comes and I didn't, I wasn't expecting to see him. I just wasn't expecting, you know, he's coming to me. He's kind of like, a, um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it. He came to WABC today and he had a nice time. We'll get back to him tomorrow. All right. Uh, in the meantime, let's go to the, uh, uh, Delayed, much delayed Letitia James clip. Uh, the phoniness, the fake elegance, and then the raw hatred for Donald Trump. Go. The President of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. just send this to the New York State Bar Association, right? Because the Attorney General uh, must be disbarred. This is evidence. This is evidence right here. All right? This is a very bad Attorney General. I think a very bad person, quite frankly, running around and saying that stuff. Horrible, horrible, horrible. All right. Now it's time to defend the train Karen, the latest uh, Karen. They're calling her a Karen, and uh, I think she's look, she says some unfortunate things. Have you heard this story? A New Jersey woman was fired after a viral video showed her berating a group of German tourists on a New York City-bound train and telling them to get the F out of our country. Brianna Pinnix, a 30-year-old talent acquisition specialist at Capital Rx, approached a group of male tourists on what appears to be a New Jersey transit train. Uh, let's see here. Pinnix, whose Facebook account says she's a Mawa native and a 2015 Marymount Manhattan College graduate, has since been fired from Capital Rx, a company spokesperson confirmed to the Post Wednesday night. Our company has a zero-tolerance policy about prejudicial or discriminatory behavior. After conducting a review of the circumstances, we acted immediately and terminated the employee in question. The former employee's actions and words are not representative of Capital Rx, and we offer our sincerest apology to those who were hurt. In other words, we are a woke and foolish company desperately afraid of the mob and will do anything and say anything to not draw the fire of critics. 
even throwing one of our own employees, how, no matter how loyal she was or competent she was, under the bus and then vilifying her publicly. All right, that's what they do. Because I've seen the whole damn tape. There are unfortunate things going on. Yes. They are not racist things. Okay? They are not racist. Now, you could argue. I don't think it's xenophobic either, actually. I don't. People get into arguments in America. This is still America. We're allowed to. Now, they say she's drunk. Who knows? Maybe she's high. I heard Kevin McCarthy say every day in America, two plane load full plane loads full of people die from fentanyl. All right. So we know people are dying. And guess what? When they're not dying, they're high. Maybe this woman was high. Maybe she's got a problem. And oh, by the way, what made her so mad? What did these German tourists say to her that fired her up? We don't know. And nobody is even asking the question. I think that deserves to be, uh, they're, and they're just ripping on her globally. Globally. This is a global story. It's in the Hindu times. It's in the talk in India. I mean, the internet makes it automatically global, but actual publications in, in India are talking about this story. An argument on a train late at night. All right. We got a little, somebody, you know, whipped out their camera because we become tattletale nation. Always trying to go viral and get people in trouble and turn each other, right? So, um, except when it really counts, by the way. More on that later. All right. Let me see. Let me hear this viral video. All right. She's blonde. She's about five foot seven. She's wearing tight jeans, not inappropriate. I'm just tight jeans and a tank top. And her boyfriend's in a t shirt. Her boyfriend, they're, you know, he's trying to like make her calm down. And she's getting in the face of, uh, this guy who's apparently a tourist from Germany and his friend. And oh, by the way, everybody in this video happens to be white complexion. All right. White skin. Hit it, please. Are you, are you German? No, no, no. Hit him. Stop for a second. Um Nothing really is happening here, all right? And I know you can't see the video, but she's standing on a train, uh, like standing up in the aisle, and she's not always in this guy's face. She's standing up, and sometimes she leans over. Now she's talking to her boyfriend, and uh, all right? So there's not. it's not like there's hitting going on. It's not like there's a rumble. The only real contact I see is the boyfriend kind of gently trying to maneuver her, like coaxing her down the aisle. Let's go back to our seats kind of thing. All right? All right. Keep playing it, please. 23. What? 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 what is it? Please, please what stop this. Please stop this or I'm, I'm never going to talk to you again. Stop this or I'm never going to talk to you again. Listen to me right now. We'll sit down right now. I'm never going to talk to you again. Listen to me right now. He's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. 
Clear it up. No, he's not. He's not. He's listening. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Listen. He's not. He's not. He's not. He was not talking to me. Listen to me. Baby, stop it. Stop it. Listen to me. Listen to me right now. Listen to me right now, okay? All right, stop for a second. Um, have you heard anything troubling? Diego, have you heard anything troubling yet? I mean, really, like where the cops have to get involved, where the ACLU has to get involved? No, but I'm looking at it online on my computer and she does seem like she's drunk. She does seem like she's stumbling around a bit. Oh, oh, oh my God. Stumbling around on NJ Transit at night. Yeah, I, you've never seen that happen before, right? I don't right? think there's anybody. Has anybody, has anybody right? I mean, has anybody much. gone outside lately? All right, jeez. So, um, all right, keep going. He did not say anything. He did not say anything. He's having a personal conversation. He's He's listening to me right now. Stop. It's 2023. You should allow women to be a man. I don't know. That's like a, from a bystander. All right. And he keeps saying the boyfriend, they weren't talking to you. They weren't talking to you. She's convinced they were. We don't know what that was said, though. All right. Keep going. Stop. I heard the word immigrant, and then she, he says, you know, I'm an immigrant too. You only hear even the, the right, you hear the word immigrant. All right. That's it. Okay. Now you're going to hear it again in a, in a more negative context, but that's where we are so far. Okay. Keep going. Nobody's hitting anybody. They're encouraging her. They like her. This group at the other side. That's it. So there's the real offending part. Why don't you get the F out of our country? Why don't you get the F out of our country? This are we, is this, is this communist? I mean, is this a total? I mean, you can't. They're tourists. They offended her. She feels offended. She feels slighted. They're from another country. They are tourists. They are here temporarily. That's not xenophobic. It's not. I tell you this, though, it ain't uh, worthy of CRX Capital putting out that bogus statement, capital RX it is. Rihanna Pinnocks, she's 30 years old. Interesting, Pinnocks, huh? 
Look, I know this is tough, but quite frankly, it's open season on white women. You are still being punished for voting for Trump in 2016. This is this is population control, what they're trying to do. This Karen campaign, it is a real thing. Be careful out there, ladies, okay? Really. Everyone's vulnerable, but probably nobody more than a white woman. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If Joe Biden can get in the face of a black man and say, if you're voting for Trump and not me, you ain't black. And not be called racist by the mainstream media and shortly thereafter be, quote unquote, elected president. Get it? And this this woman somehow, after being verbally assaulted, very great chance of that. There's something that was said that made her very, very angry. Was it misogynistic? Was it sexist? Was it racist? Who knows? Because the video doesn't tell us that story, right? It starts right after they said something. And she can't say to a bunch of people who are from another country, who are going back to that country, go back to your country. She's being canceled. She's being vilified global. I just, it's a very tough place. These are regular people. They're not ready for this, okay? They're not, and it's totally shocking, totally overwhelming, and we've made it a national sport. Take me. I can take it, all right? I love mixing it up on Twitter. I don't care. I'm called a racist, a rapist, a, a, a terrorist, uh, an existential threat to democracy every second of every day almost at times, depending on how much I'm doing on Twitter. And it goes through me like rain. It doesn't matter. All right. I know who I am. It doesn't matter. I can take, but you know what? I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like that. I, I, there was a time in my life I would be deeply wounded. Deeply, deeply wounded. Oh, Greg Kelly looks chubby this morning. <gasps> right. I mean, and, and, and worse things. And I don't know exactly what the hell happened, but somehow a switch was flipped. A lot of it's faith. A lot of it, what I, whatever happened, happened. And it means nothing to me. In a, in a, in a weird way, I kind of enjoy it. Um, they're taking out civilians. They're taking out this woman who works at the HR department, the nurse over there at NYU Langone. That woman who worked for the financial company, the creep, wanted to strangle her dog, right? The woman who dared ask a guy she had never seen before, do you live in the apartment building, ending their lives as they knew it forever? This is not American. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello, testing, testing. Sibilance. You know, sibilance is a word that the rock stars use to test a microphone. Why do they use that word, sibilance? Sibilance. It's not even a word. Why do they say that word? Huh? I can't hear you. What? Sibilance. Sibilance. Does your microphone work? Try sibilance. No, something's wrong with your system. Hey, am I on the radio right now? Are you sure? My mic was unplugged. Sibilance. Sibilance. Yeah, why do they say that word? Because sibilance is the, uh, the, the higher, the higher frequencies, the s- the bright frequencies. Why can't we just say civilized? Civil, <laughs> sibilance is the, the name of that range of frequencies. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it is, it is a word. Yeah, oh. it is a word. Huh. All right. Interesting. Thank you. Sibilance. Sibilance. And they test it. They use that word to test the mic. Right? Yeah. How do you know a microphone is bad? I mean, unlike, you know, when you can't hear the guy, I mean, there are other things to look at, right? The range of frequency, I guess. All right. Nobody in my regular life has ever, ever, ever brought up the speaker of the house, right? When you're going around, I mean, who was the speaker before McCarthy? Pelosi. We'll never forget her, that crazy lady. Although she was one barracuda on that Capitol Hill. Uh, she ran that place pretty tight. Uh, who was before her? Mm, mm, mm. Paul Ryan. Uh, before her, John Boehner, I think. Before him, I have no idea. I couldn't figure that out all day long. I mean, I remember Tip O'Neill when I was growing up. Um, Newt Gingrich in the 90s for a little while. All right, they're 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 important people. Technically speaking, I think they are first in line or second in line. They're, I, this gets me confused. It's actually considered first in line. First in line for the presidency. No, no, that's the, that's the vice president. Second in line. But you're supposed to say first in line for some reason. Anyway, if the president died and let's say the vice president took over and uh, Kamala Harris died, we don't want this to happen. Oh, by the way, I just want her defeated. But if that did happen, the speaker of the house would be the president. And uh, that for a long time, that was Nancy Pelosi. And uh, the other guy. Um, so what would happen now if the president died and the vice president died? I knew this going all the way back to um, uh, the Reagan assassination. Actually, even before that, the secretary of state, there's a cabinet pecking order and he's the guy. That would be Tony Blinken. Now, the reason why Al Hay got himself in trouble, he he forgot about um he forgot about the Speaker of the House. <laughs> he thought that since the president was in the hospital and the vice president was unavailable, he thought that he was the president. Remember that? As for now, I am in charge here at the White House. And he was like out of breath. Secretary of State Al Haig got way, way, way carried away. Uh, that was March 30th, 1981, the attempted assassination of of uh, Ronald Reagan. And by the way, these crazy assassins and these, these uh, these uh, uh, domestic terrorists, they're 
motivated by all kinds of crazy things, all kinds of insane, make no sense things. I mean, that guy actually was trying to kill the president of the United States because he wanted to impress Jodie Foster, who we liked from some movie from 1974. I mean, it makes no sense. And she wasn't even hot in that movie. She was like, it's just ridiculous. And you know who was hot in that movie was Sybil Shepard. That is, it's not plausible. It's not right. But I mean, at least I could see the rationale. If he, I mean, it, it, well, no, there's no rationale. But it would have made more sense if he was doing it to please Sybil Shepard rather than Jodie Foster, who we now know would no way possible be ever into John Hinckley, who isn't he performing music right now? He is. Remember, he wanted to do a concert in Brooklyn. Ultimately, they said no. But that guy is out of the psycho ward. He's out of the hospital, has been for about five years, and he lives at his mom's house in, I think, Williamsburg, Virginia. Now, I do believe there's a uh, Secret Service agent parked right outside. (laughs) They keep a close eye on John John, as they should. Then again, he's like 65 years old now. And, uh, but he is technically like not even on probation, not anything. The, the Secret Service, if they want to follow somebody, they can do it. They got to follow the law. You could follow somebody if you want to. You can. As long as you don't stalk them and they're, they, they define that in certain ways, but you could just keep an eye on somebody if you want. And the federal government, they are actually allowed to do that, I think, to a private citizen, not on mass, but they, I, I, I want them keeping an eye on, on John Hinckley. All right. Can we go through the, uh, even though we don't care, we do care. We do care. The speaker thing is important. Um, and these very smart people are speaking out some smarter than others. Let's see here. Ken Buck, Republican of Colorado. He did not like Kevin McCarthy. Congressman, uh, cut 10, go. It's, it's rich that Kevin McCarthy would suggest that conservatives like me and Andy Biggs and Matt Gates are working with the Democrats on something. When he needed to pass a debt ceiling bill, he went to President Biden, agreed to a number that was $200 billion more than he promised the Republican conference, and relied on Democrats to pass that debt ceiling bill. When we were nearing a shutdown, he lost 90 votes from the Republican conference because the bill was so terrible, and he relied on Democrats to pass that bill. This is a a situation where there were eight Republicans who were fed up. There were dozens more who would have voted for this, um, but didn't need to. All right, that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) All right, I get it. Uh, Now, Newt Gingrich, former speaker, total brainiac. I really respect Newt Gingrich. I remember noticing him all the way back in college. He was the the minority whip and uh, just a super smart guy, former professor. He's really into zoology. He knows all about animals and all about a lot of things. He hates these guys, these eight Republicans who turned on McCarthy. Listen to this. Cut 11. Well, first, I think it's a very sad day because I think Kevin McCarthy is one of the most talented leaders I've ever worked with. I think that he accomplished an amazing amount for having a small majority and being having to take on both the Senate and the White House. And I think this is really a tragic outcome. Uh, this was a leader who both gained seats in 2020 gained seats in 2022, increased the number of women members, increased the number of veterans, increased the number of minority members, uh, and he had a vision for a better future. And let, let's be clear here, Sean. Uh, you know, if, if the University of Georgia Bulldogs were the number one team in the country right now, if you started a game and four of the members of the offensive squad decided they were actually on the Alabama side 
and began tackling your own people, you probably get them off the field. Well, think about what we saw today. Four percent, four percent decided they were so morally superior, so intellectually pure, so patriotically better, that they would side with the Democrats, and that's what they did, in order to defeat the entire Republican House caucus. Ninety-six percent of the Republicans voted for McCarthy. Four percent voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should, in fact, be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. Well, he's an awfully smart guy, but he's wrong. I totally disagree with Newt Gingrich. A couple of things there. Number one, he's boasting about all the minorities and all the women and all the what? Who cares? That's not what our party is about. I don't care what anybody looks like. When did this have become a priority? He talks about the seats gained in 22. Barely. Barely. That was a disaster. And I personally know that Kevin does not know how to distribute all that money he has effectively to get the right Republicans elected. He's not good at that. Um. You know, he made that analogy to the Georgia Dogs playing the Alabama, whatever they call that football team. But what if the entire game is rigged so that Alabama wins, right? That Alabama totally wins. And a couple of players have an idea that we can, we can totally rewrite the rules of football. We could totally, we have to rewrite the rules of football. We got to get everybody we got to go to another stadium and build it from scratch. Hmm? And that way the dogs can actually win because the way it's set up right now, Alabama will always win. That's the way I would look at it. Again, I love Newt Gingrich, really smart guy. I, I have a feeling also he's probably friendly with uh, with McCarthy. They're friends. Um, they got to be friends. That's part of it. Um, he's not wrong. He's got, he got stuff done, but you know what? When somebody lies to your face, and I'm not sure if that actually happened, but people I know and trust say so. Let me hear from, uh, let's do one more here. Um, Byron Donalds, you know, this guy, the Republican from Florida, very, very good guy, uh, going places, cut 12. Look, there were a lot of things that didn't happen well under Kevin McCarthy, but there's a reason I voted no on the motion to, to vacate is because we were going through the appropriations process. It was late. It was not perfect. We were trying to be conservative in our spending bills. I wanted to cut a lot more, but at the end of the day, we should have finished our work. And right now, there's no ability to do anything on the House floor. Uh, we set out a schedule to get all of our work done by the end of October. Uh, that schedule is now going to get tossed out of the window. Uh, so what happened with, uh, with Kevin is something I did not want to see happen. Uh, but our job right now as a Republican Party in the House is to come together, figure out who the next leader is going to be, and then we got to get back to work. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, I will remind uh, Byron himself that he voted against McCarthy in January when, you know, all that stuff. Remember the 15 uh, the fifteen uh, up or down votes they were having? Uh, at one point, Byron Donalds voted for himself for speaker. Um, that was, I guess, a protest. I, he was not really eligible for that. Should we do one more? It doesn't really matter. Now, what the hell? This is a prime mover. Andy Biggs. Andy Biggs. He thinks McCarthy failed as a leader. Okay, I get it. Um, I am a little bit curious. What do we think of Geraldo Rivera? Hmm? What do we think of him? 
I actually, there's a lot to not like about Geraldo. He can be very, very obnoxious. He can be very, very liberal. Um, I think when he's not talking about politics, he's a super great guy. Uh, but man, the political stuff, he gets on my nerves. Now, I understand that Sid slapped him around this morning. I would love to hear some of this. We got that handy, please. This is, uh, and by the way, he's showing up everywhere, Geraldo. Didn't he leave Fox News? And good for him. They actually gave him a send-off. Usually you just disappear. They, it's like you're vaporized, right? You just go away. Um, you know, <laughs> see Tucker Carlson, right? You're just gone the next day. All right, what happened here? Cut 18. I think, uh, Sid, that President Biden, who I like, has failed utterly. In stop, the stop right there. Well, what do you like about him? He's corrupt. He's a criminal. He's a doddering uh, fool. Uh, I, I, I don't share that harsh Why not? view of him. So you think it's I okay think to take he's, money? He's, you think, you think it's okay to take? I'm a Democrat. Yeah. I, no. You know, I, no. a fool he is not. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not a fool? You think it's okay to take money from other countries? Uh, and, he, and he gets he gets portrayed as this uh, this blithering, uh, you know, uh, senile old Wait, man. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. He, he's, hold, a lot, he's a lot sharper. Hold on, hold on. What, what, you, hold, what do you mean I he gets portrayed? Islamic Heritage Day. I know, but what do you mean? I, 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 I told but, you my opinion. You have your opinion. Yeah, but hold on. But how can you say he gets portrayed that way? Don't you want to talk about the migrants? No, I want to finish this. I want to finish this. You say he gets portrayed that way. When he's addressing people that are dead, when he calls his own cabinet members by the wrong name, forgetting about all the corruption scandals and him and his son and his brother taking money from all these countries, which you may not believe, but certainly there's a plethora of evidence out there, more than there is on Donald Trump. How can you say that he's portrayed that way? All they're doing, Carrazzo, is playing video of the man doing it. What happened? Did he hang up? Did Geraldo hang up? Oh, that's the end of it? Well, you kind of want to hear what the hell he had to say. That was a great question laid out there. Geraldo's crazy on this one. Totally wrong. Always portrayed this way. What does it say about his uh, abilities as an observer? Isn't that what you're supposed to do as an international uh, war correspondent that he is, right? Mm -hmm. Aren't you supposed to be good at noticing things? He can't notice that. And, yeah, there is clear-cut corruption. And, number one, this is arguably the smoking gun. In August of 2019, Joe Biden at his house received a wire transfer from Jonathan Lee, a prominent Chinese businessman with ties to Chinese intelligence, for $250,000, it went from Beijing to Wilmington, Delaware, to his house. You got to put down an address. Oh, well, that was for Hunter. Actually, it wasn't. Hunter was in California. Yeah, living with that crazy surfer dude uh, for mm, unknown reasons at this point. Give me, a moment. Give me one moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We believe the borders should remain open. That's the official position of this city. But we have made it clear there should be a decompression strategy. What? That we could properly deal with the volumes. Hey, that's stop, coming in. stop, stop. I told you he was a meathead. The Take it from the top one more time. I thought I was hallucinating when I heard this, right? This is the guy that somehow has conned the New York Post into thinking he's tough on the border. Oh, he's really good on border issues. I'm his boondoggle, which with lots of private time for Eric down south. One more time. What is the official? He says he claims the official policy on the border is what? Go ahead. 
We believe the borders should remain open. That's the official position of the city. Stop! Do you remember voting on a referendum for that? Do we ever have a debate? Do we ever have a conversation that the city's policy is open borders? Number one, the city doesn't have a policy on that, all right? It's not, it's, what, did he issue a proclamation? He better not have. <laughs> if he, that is impeachable. That's arguably impeachable. Um, wow. Now, I know the globalists, I know the Biden administration, they want open borders. They want these people to come. They're going to misrepresent how they vote. Ooh, so much opportunity for electoral dominance for decades to come. It won't be America, though. It will not be America. They will be dominating a a totally different country. It won't be America. How about that idiot? You heard that? And then he comes up with the decompression strategy. Good luck figuring out what that one's about, huh? Hey, a couple of other quick things here. Um, Rudy Giuliani, New York Times. Listen to this. Prosecutors in the federal election case against Mr. Trump have shown an interest in the drinking habits of Mr. Giuliani, and whether the former president ignored what his aides described as the plain inebriation of the former mayor referred to in court documents as co-conspirator one. Now, these federal prosecutors are really on to something, huh? We need to know how much the ex-mayor was drinking. Okay. And what, why, why would that possibly be relevant? Okay. You got to really stretch. You got to bend over backwards. Okay. Because they think basically, well, the mayor was drunk when he told Trump to not concede the election. Number one, we did not know who won on election night, and we still don't. You remember the networks did not call the election until Saturday, Saturday after the election. That's when the networks, and oh, by the way, it's not up to them either. Nora O'Donnell and her helmet head of hair, right? All silly. Um... In interviews and testimony to Congress, several people at the White House on election night, when Mr. Giuliani urged Mr. Trump to declare victory despite the results, he appeared to be drunk. It was a celebration. Give him a break for once. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, welcome back. Hey, there is a new, very important book by Cash Patel, the veteran of the Trump administration and uh, a great investigator for Devin Nunes. Uh, the book is called Government Gangsters, the Deep State, the Truth and the Battle for Our Democracy. And Cash Patel, the author and again, the Trump veteran, the MAGA guy joins us now. Cash Patel, how you doing? Hey, Greg, it's uh, good to be with a fellow Garden City guy after all these years. That's right. I was so shocked and thrilled to learn that you went to Garden <laughs> City High School a few years after me. Uh, so you're a New Yorker, and uh, that's fantastic. First of all, how did you how did you find yourself working in the Trump administration? Oh, you know what? It's a lot of blind luck and a lot of, uh, you know, planning by God. If you want to make him laugh, just tell him your plan. They've been laughing at me for about 20 years. And uh, just uh, focused on the mission set, and I thought, you know, what a privilege it is to serve. And I did Russiagate, then I got to lead counterterrorism, and I got to do lead the DOD and a bunch of jobs in between. And I think what people, what I learned about the government gangsters is they care about the titles before their name and what's going to be their next title in their private industry drop zone. And I just didn't care about that. I just cared about executing the mission. So 
if anything, that's the lesson for anyone listening who wants to go into service. Just put the mission first. Mission first. Uh, yeah, title. They get really hung up on that. Uh, you're a lawyer, too, right? You work for the federal government yeah. as a lawyer? Yeah, I was a national security prosecutor at DOJ and a federal public defender. So that was some uh, it was good investigative skills I learned that I didn't know I would need in Russiagate. Wow. <laughs> All right, so uh, you you are so well equipped, and uh, the stuff that you have seen, unbelievable. First thing, and then we'll talk broadly. But you show up at the Pentagon, I believe, as the secretary, the secretary's chief of staff, and yes. w- from what I can tell, a continuing almost coup is in effect, and quite frankly, uniformed generals are involved. You can call it a coup, I, or you can call it insubordination, but something really foul was going on. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And that started before uh, my time at the Pentagon began as chief of staff. It started with, uh, even before Secretary of Defense Esper and Mark Milley went over to the Pentagon and used the uh, general officer flag officer process to basically capture and entrench more government officers to do their bidding and to combat Donald Trump's presidency and his national security mission because they simply did not like him and they were part of the deep state entrenchment. And when we went over there and started moving pegs on the board, they did not like us. And that's why you saw the total politicization of one of the worst government gangsters that I talk about in my book, Mark Milley. That is a process that is built by the defense industrial complex. It is worse to me than every lobbying institution on K Street combined, and we must defeat it. I'm looking at the cover of your book, Government Gangsters, It's You, and you're coming off of Marine One at the White House. Pretty cool. You look like a bit of a gangster (laughs) yourself. Um, But you are a good guy in all of this. So they are almost criminal-like. They're gangsters. They're gangsters. They are. And that's, you know, the funny, you know, you're talking to a couple of New Yorkers here, and we're we're talking about guys that were almost worse than John Gotti and the likes of Al Capone, because at least those guys cared about charitable endeavors and charitable contributions in their communities. These guys don't care about anything but their bottom line, their ego, and saving face in the fake news mafia. That's what makes them so much worse, and that's why the only title they deserve is government gangsters. And like other gangsters, we have to educate the American public to put them down in the appropriate legal law enforcement way for breaking their oaths of office. And that's what half the book is about, the solutions and the highlighting of who failed us where. Uh, you know, I know that there are a handful of good generals out there, uh, very, there very few. Actually, that's one mistake that Donald Trump made. He went in thinking that these people were righteous people uh, mm-hmm. and that they were going to be on his side, you know, the permanent governing class. That was the opposite. Yeah. Did you have you, in your research or in your experience, I, I think I would submit that this has been happening even before even before Trump, um, that they tried to undermine uh, Obama that they tried to undermine Kennedy, that they tried to undermine Mm -hmm. Nixon. A chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was actually stealing, stealing documents from the White House, literally stealing uh, and 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 got caught. I yeah, the public doesn't know about this. Is there accountability for Mark Milley and all the crazy stuff he did? Not in the media and not with this DOJ, just like there's no accountability for government gangsters like Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray for the two tier system of justice and their Hippocratic. Uh, prosecution, baseless prosecution of Donald Trump. But to answer your point about the general officers and the flag officers, that goes back. Eisenhower warned us of the defense industrial complex in the 50s before he even became president. And he said, you better watch this behemoth. It is going to take over Washington and take over the mission, just like it did for Mark Milley 
and company who cared more about the next star on their shoulder and the title and their egos in the media than they did about the mission. And that's why some of these flag officers, that's, it's not a coincidence to see, you know, General Kelly now coming out with his, you know, shame story of Trump all of a sudden. That's not a coincidence. There are no coincidences in the government. These people are working together in a coordinated effort to take out Donald Trump because he's threatening their livelihoods that's been built over these last 60 years. And, and if he wins, it's uh, game over, and we can start the accountability process for for against these folks. Well, uh, look, I, I I'm totally on board. This is true. What you are you are speaking the truth. Now, my question is this though: the generals, who are yeah. they working for? They, they, because let me run this by you. I was in the military for a long time. These guys, um, they go from being a base commander, right, which is yeah. pretty, you know, it's a local job, being a colonel to being a two, three, four-star general mm-hmm. in not that much time. Their heads are spinning. They're not – Wesley Clark once said that most generals are not capable of strategic thought mm-hmm. because, well, <laughs> they've been thinking very small for a long time, and that's fine. We need guys to think small. So I don't think that they have the creativity or the guts to pull this off on their own. They're working for somebody. Who are they working for? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What I talk about in Government Gangsters is the corruption of the Joint Chiefs and the behemoth that it has become. It's supposed to be a singular entity led by one chairman to advise the president when called upon. That is it. Not to leak secrets to China, not to give him a heads up warning, not to talk to Pelosi on the side on January 6th, but it's to serve the president for national security advice when called upon. And the reason the Joint Chiefs of Staff has taken over is because unless you get in the fraternity, unless you say uh, yes and wink, wink and give them a nod, you ain't getting that third and fourth star. But if you do, you'll be put on hyperdrive and you will be underqualified for the position you have, which is commanding our brave men and women in service. And they will suffer and America will suffer, but you'll get your star. And that's one of the things I say in Government Gangsters in the book that we have to totally redo, not just the defense industrial complex, but the Joint Chiefs. That is a mission that needs complete rework. All right. Now let's talk about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley. I mean, I have a theory that even he is reporting to somebody or some entity. For instance, look, this is a guy who most generals have to be kiss-ass people. All right. This is Mm -hmm. overlooked. We think that they're General Patton. No, they got to be a general by being political, by avoiding mistakes Mm -hmm. and by avoiding risk. He gets these big, uh, these big assignments and he sees which way the wind is blowing. Trump, nobody likes him. The swamp wants him gone. Does he do this? Does he take this on his own or is he, is he, is he working for some other entity? I know you said clearly chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is calling the shot or, but is it possible that he's working for somebody else? Yeah, he's working for the deep state. He's working for the media. Just look to the last glorified biography of Mark Milley on the way out the door. If you read that, you would think he's better than every other chairman of the Joint Chiefs that preceded him. He is looking for his circular end zone, just like the guys that come into government. They want a big payday on the way out. But the more important thing is if they can do it by getting Trump and punching at him, the media will glorify you as a hero, even though you broke your law, broke the chain of command and debilitated the military in the process. Our preparedness and readiness of our men and women has never been lower. That falls to the Secretary of Defense and the chairman that we're talking about. But they cared more about leaking stories and fake information to the media. And Mark Milley's culprit number one while he was during the Trump administration. And the only reason he did it was to maintain his job and to promote his buddies. So when he left, the same insurance institution would serve them and him going forward. That is a summary of what happens, not just at DOD, but FBI, DOJ, NSA, 
They protect the institutions over serving the nation. You know, and you can see it. They say it out loud sometimes. It sounds righteous, but it's actually not. You know, the men and women of the FBI, the men and women yeah. of the Justice Department, even the, the, the are fighting men and women in uniform. It sounds beautiful. How can you be? But you think about it a little bit, you know, for a few more seconds, you realize the men and women of the FBI, you know, they work for us. They make it sound like it's the other way around. And I think they intimidate and they bamboozle a lot of elected members of uh, the members of Congress. Do you see that? I think they control the members of Congress through lobbyists in the defense industrial complex. I think the reason that you have such, let's use Ukraine, for example, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. I talk about that a lot in government gangsters. It's not a political mission set. It's a how do we enrich ourselves mission set. $120 billion to Ukraine comes out of the defense industrial complex and goes back into congressional members' pockets and their PACs and their super PACs so they can be reelected and say they got jobs back to American um, towns across the, the states. And that is just one example of why that behemoth must be not crushed entirely, but reduced by half because they own the politicians. I want 55,000 homeless veterans to get a dollar before I want to give another dollar to the Ukraine. That's my mission set. And educating America that we are failing our veterans, failing our teachers and failing our cops, but serving some overlord in Washington is part of the mission. And that's how we're going to take the country back. Wow. Um, hey, by the way, you mentioned the, um, the article, the, uh, the profiles of Millie. Wow. You read that Atlantic story carefully, and I have. I mean, he admits a lot of stuff that can be definitely used against him in a court of law or a court martial. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he's boasting about, quite frankly, is, in my opinion, unconstitutional, illegal, yeah. certainly insubordination. And, uh, however, he does talk a big game. Now you dealt with him face to face. Is he all, was he like as tough and rough and blunt as he maintains? I have a hard time believing that. No, he was all bravado when it came to it in the media and when it came to putting on a show. But like you said, when he said he would go ahead and call the leader of China before an attack, he broke the uniform code of military justice. That is a violation of military law that he should be prosecuted for. When he entered the chain of command, when he entered the political arena with statements in the media, he broke the UCMJ, all of which would get any officer kicked out of the military forever without honors and probably punished even more so in the brig. But because with this administration and because the media glorifies that conduct, you get guys who think they're the cool four-star badasses who in reality are not um, to be the fake heroes of the day. And we got to get back to the Ike Eisenhower's of the world hey, and, and, and guys like that. I love it. Hey, by the way, there's a very simple case, I think, to prove, uh, which was when he apologized for appearing with his boss, the president, outside the gates yeah. of the White House. He apologizes publicly, which was totally um, – inappropriate wildly wrong and he says he was seen as being political and then he makes about 15 uh political statements in that speech about black lives matter about george floyd it's incredible there very few people have watched the whole speech he gets so hyper political cash if you get if trump wins what do you want to do in the white? What, 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 how would you, how would you do this stuff? Let's pretend that you're sitting down with John McEntee and, uh, you know, you can get any job. I, I know you're not into titles, but where could you do, you know, where could you be the most productive in rooting out and, and defeating the deep state? Yeah, look, the mission is putting Donald Trump back in office because the deep state wins if he loses. 
And once we do that and get back in there, I want to do any role. It'd be an honor and privilege to serve again in any capacity that allows me to take a wrecking ball to the deep state. And whether that's in personnel or whether that's enforcing Congress to take away the purse strings of these government gangsters or whether that's DOJ and FBI prosecuting these individuals for their violations of law so we finally have accountability. There's a myriad of institutions that are corrupted by the deep state, actually every one of them. And it would be a privilege to serve in any capacity. I don't really care about the title of the role as long as we get the job done because because our country and our future generations are depending on us to fix this. And unless we want to go the way of socialism and communist China, then Donald Trump's got to be our next president. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, please get the book. It's going to be, I think it's a no brainer. I'm downloading it right now. Government Gangsters, The Deep State, The Truth, and The Battle for Our Democracy by Cash Patel. Uh, please. And uh, by the way, is fight with cash? Is it fight with cash? Is that still active? Yeah, that's still going. It's our uh, 501c3, the cash foundation over there. Go check it out and help us out. We're helping whistleblowers and active duty service members and people who need tuition assistance. Cash Patel, P-A-T-E-L. Check it out. Thank you so much, Cash. Good luck. And we'll be right back. You bet. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we haven't had a caller. I mean, we've had plenty of callers, but I've uh, been uh, I've been avoiding you. I'm sorry about that. It's time. It's time. Let's do it. Tony in Clifton. Hello. Hi. Great interview with Cash Patel, and I like what he said about the socialists. So I want to just go to the topic of our Attorney General in New York, uh-huh. Tisha James. She is a socialist, and she is not representing all the people. And there's a there's an attorney general, uh, Greg, that we have in Virginia, Jason Mayares. And if you go to his webpage, he says that his job is to protect the people according to the Constitution and to protect its businesses and its citizens. And this is nothing that we hear from Letitia James. She's not the people's attorney general. And I heard uh, Jason Mayares interviewed with Rita Cosby, and I thought, gee, I've never heard such a nice attorney general. All the ones we know are prejudiced, are socialists, and they don't like all the people in the country, just some. So Jason Mayares is the attorney general I wish we had in New York. All right. Remember that name, Jason Mayares. Uh, Mayares, he's attorney general. Sounds like a great guy. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Adam in Mineola, hello. How you doing today, sir? Um, to get back on Letitia James. You said that she should be arrested, but for what crime, sir? I don't know if I said arrested. I think she should be disbarred. I think I said she should be disbarred uh, for the, these outrageous, prejudicial uh, comments that are certainly outside the scope of uh, the canon of ethics. And they do. They have all kinds of restrictions and all kinds of things to be admitted to the bar. So I don't. I didn't think. Uh, I said she should be arrested. If I did, I said it in jest, um, but certainly disbarred. And possibly, I mean, this is a misuse of criminal fu- uh, misuse of public funds, so maybe we could find a way to get her on that. But you know what? I'm not all about bending over backwards. I want to see an, ob- you know, an obvious crime. So, Adam, that's my answer to that. You good otherwise? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. You bet. Um, Joe, Long Island. Hello. Hello, Greg. As far as as far as uh, uh, Mr. Adams going down there and this and that, he's running for president. But I can't figure out what country he's running for president for, because it wouldn't be for the United States, because 
He's a, a tear-down destructor. We have yeah. turned society upside down, and the crap that was on the bottom is now leading us in some places, and we shouldn't be surprised when we have morons <laughs> leading us that we get what we get. You know what? That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, everything's upside down, so those who are at the bottom are now at the top. Yeah, and Eric Adams is an excellent, excellent, excellent example of that. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Carmine, hello, from Melville. Yeah, I'm going to make it fast, Greg. So cash is spelled with a K, by the way. I think you should clarify that for everybody. Well, I mean, I didn't say it was spelled with a C. I just said, uh, I, um, uh, yeah, I didn't say otherwise. But keep going. It helps. Hey, well, I'll handle the administrative aspects of this program, Carmine, if you don't uh, mind. Right, but listen. What? Well, I could. You know what? You should take a cue from him. The next book you write, maybe Trump will let you take a photograph in front of his plane. And now that would be a cover. I already have one of those pictures. With with Trump in front of Trump's plane? Uh, yeah. Well, in front of Air Force One. I, I I've been on Air Force One. I've I mean, done I'm a lot of things that I don't brag about. I have. I've been on Air Force One about a dozen times. Not with Trump. This is actually I was a White House correspondent for two years. Hey, Carmine, you got to get to the point because I got to get to Barbara too. Go ahead. Yeah, listen, I'm at Roosevelt Field, and all I'm going to say is you're from Garden City, and you use the word hallucinating, and I'm at the mall, and this is not the Roosevelt Field mall that we grew up with, Greg. And like you say, God says we're to love everybody, and that's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, yeah, well, look, nobody goes to the mall anymore. We're all ordering online. Yeah, the mall. I used to love going to the mall, uh, but it's a different scene now. Uh, Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. With all that's going on now in our country coming at us, changes in activity from all directions, we can listen and pay attention to what Ellie Wiesel said. He said, to remain silent and indifferent is the greatest sin of all. Sometimes we must interfere. Whenever men or women are persecuted because of their race, and of course we have reverse racism running rampant, or because of their religion, and we saw traditional Catholics being spied on by our own FBI, or when they are persecuted because of their political views. And now MAGA, half of America, has been named as a political uh, danger to our democracy. He said that place must, at that moment, become the center of the universe. And here we are. When he wrote that, I'm sure he never thought the United States would be that place. But we are, where all these persecutions are taking place. Wow. Hey, who wrote that again? Ellie Wiesel. Wow, what a the, yeah. the Holocaust survivor. Sure, no, I know who he is, the late, great Ellie Wiesel, and uh, I think he got a Nobel Prize, and uh, uh, I saw him once at Shea Stadium, actually, a big ceremony there. What a guy. What a beautiful quote. Do me a favor, send me that if you don't mind. Uh, Barbara, thank you. John, get to you tomorrow, and the rest, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hey, remember that Cash Patel with the K, all right, Carmine? Government gangsters, the deep state, the truth, And the battle for our democracy, get it, please. You'll enjoy it. I know it's necessary. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.